This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. episode drinking with authors i'm your host erica lance co-hosting for me uh is valerie willis who who's been hitting strawberry magic pretty hard okay <laughs> and our guest today is natasha tines we're going to talk about what we're drinking i found this thing called from Duclaw. adam i insist you reach out to them they should sponsor us it is literally called sweet baby java and it is a espresso bean infused chocolate peanut butter porter that's a lot. That's a fucking mouthful. It's really yummy, though. What are you drinking, Val? I'm doing Cider Boy Strawberry Magic, and the magic is hidden. It's very magical. <laughs> it's it's a hard cider. Um, I'm, it's topping. Okay, Natasha, what are you drinking? Water. <laughs> what were you drinking before the water? We got her drunk. It's awesome. <laughs> well, before that, I, would, I drank red wine and then white wine. So now I'm... It's only mixing the wines. Wine before... Wait... No, don't do that. Don't do those things. Okay. I'm, I'm dehydrated, so I'm, I need to drink water. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. Be a responsible adult. Okay. This is rapid fire questions. Rapid yes. fire. Ready? Rapid. Ready. What's your favorite book of all time? The Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. Awesome. Why is that your favorite book of all time? I think it's um, the writing style, and I think... Um, I like the story, the plot. I like how it took me to the Dominican Republic. Um, I, I like the humor. I just like everything about it. Wonderful. Go ahead. Okay. What is your least favorite book? What's the worst book you've ever experienced? <laughs> do, I really, do, do I really have to say that? I mean, you don't have to say anything. You can hint at it. You can talk about what you hated about it or what turns you off. Uh, I think it was um, Fates and Furies. Um, you were the second person to say that on this podcast. Does that make you feel better? The second person to say that? Okay. So many books out there. Do people hate that book? Okay. So... When you're looking at, why, why are you eating jerky while doing a podcast? Okay, my boyfriend handed me beef jerky when I was in the other room. It's a bad idea. It's really yummy though. Okay, so rapid fire questions on this. Um, when you, when you, you, what is the? Sorry, let me ask you. What, what, what didn't you like about that book? Wow, so drunk right now. It's okay. Um, I think the fact that. Um, I think there was a lot of focus on the flowery language and it, it made it too complex to understand the plot and I felt that it was a bit um, pretentious and I, I just don't like that kind of writing I like you know for example I spe- like I, I read one paragraph three times to understand how her dad died and I was like, why can't you just tell me her dad died of a heart attack? I mean, just simple. And it, like, <laughs> it went, you know, with it was it was too pretentious for me. And I sometimes I like more direct writing. No, that makes sense. Um, let's talk a little bit about grammar, because 
Um, we both have habits, or as a writer, we have habits. Do you oh, yeah. find yourself as a what? What habits do you have as a writer? Like, for instance, I realize things in all of my writing. No, your characters realize. Things. Everybody realizes every, things. Every There's somebody who's realizing. Thing. Like I have to do control find on the word realize so that I don't everybody's not realizing things. Like, do you have any habits like that? Well, as I said that you know, English is not my first language, so I like am very sensitive to grammar and to typos and all of that because I feel I feel like people judge me even more because of that, and I I, I feel like I have a chip on my shoulder. Because I, you know, English is not my first language, so I, I mean, I revise. I try to be as accurate as possible. I Google grammar rules. I ask people to check after me. So I mean, as I said, I just have a chip on my shoulder. So I, I, I try to be as accurate as possible. There's a lot more stress there than yeah, exactly. a native speaker. I was going to exactly. say, though, um, I've seen most people that don't get editors and that, that are the idea is that they uh, do yeah. not understand the English language either. <laughs> so it, it's a thing. It's a, yes, it's greatly. It's, and, it, and the fact that you fret over that fact, you don't look past that is is. I think it's an important quality of any author to yeah. have that. Anyone who aspires to whether they're going traditional or self-published, you have to have that responsibility of wanting to make sure that what you put out there is is true to what it needs to be. You've got your pontificating there, Val. Give but you a d- couple d- d- ciders d- d- and then you start pontificating about everything. That's okay. I'll trip up in just a second and you're okay. going to make fun of me. So you got no, going. That was actually making fun of you. Did oh, you was that? Okay. I missed that? it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about reading. So you say you like dark stuff, right? You like yeah. it? Yeah. Um, do you... Uh, it, will you read an entire book if you purchased it, or will you um, put it down? Will you throw it away? Will you be done? No, I I make it a point to finish, even if I hate the books. I mean, I finished it. And, <laughs> You're a brave woman. You are a brave woman. Why don't you just chuck it? I would just chuck it away. So um, you, you do that. What about um, do you review the books? Let's talk about reviews. We didn't talk about reviews in the last podcast completely but do you review books yeah i mean i just write few sentences here and there on my instagram uh, account and on goodreads um sometimes authors ask me to review their books so i'm i'm blurbing a book for one of my uh one of the members of my writers group she just got published so i'm gonna blurb her book so yeah i mean i i do that um, every once in a while. Would but you I, do this a, a negative review or only positive reviews? See, I, I struggle with that because I have some authors who would say they would always give every, like every author, five out of five, uh, you know, five star reviews. But I also want to be honest and I want to be authentic. So I try not to go below three stars but you know and I try to be honest um so but at the same time I understand how hard it is to write a book and how hard it is to receive a negative review so I mean you know I I all I try to point out the good stuff but I also point out the stuff that I didn't like 
And speaking about that, how do you handle your your own negative reviews? Uh, I mean, because we all get them. My favorite my favorite ones is they're complaining about something I know I intentionally wrote into the book. Yeah, yeah. So this book was clearly not your cup of tea, and if and that's great because when someone sees that, they're going to know what to expect in the book. And I can't be exactly upset about that because that was my intent. That was my target. Okay. So I'm usually happy with my negative reviews as long as it backs something that I was aiming for. So I'm, I'm okay with the negative reviews as long as they don't go um like as 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 long as they don't go into the personal attacks territory, which uh, what happened like uh, with after my tweet went viral, my Goodreads page got attacked. Uh, and people just left personal attacks and just gave one star review. Um, and they, you know, they just used cuss words and all of that. So I think in, in the beginning, before my Twitter drama, um, the first time I got a one star review, I was really depressed. And But now I'm, I'm OK with it um, because um, maybe the, the good side of my Twitter drama is I... <laughs> I received a lot of criticism and I, man I managed to handle criticism better. But uh, yeah, for me, I tend to to ignore the, the personal attacks and try to look into a real criticism of the book. Um, and it, I mean, if you look at my Goodreads review, you see all sorts of attacks there and it's, it's unfortunate. Do Definitely. So you had an added complication of the Twitter situation on yeah. your books. Um, did it help sales at all? I mean, because one thing sometimes people talk about is you have a negative um, situation happen. It's still publicity. Madonna's famous for talking about the fact that it's still publicity. So did it do you feel like it it allowed you to have a um, voice out there at all? Or do you think it was 100 percent negative? I mean, it, it might have because some people, you know, you know, they decided that you should se separate the art from the artist and uh, and people who who would not have heard about the book heard about it because of, of, of the Twitter going viral. But at the same time, would I want to go through this again? No. I mean, I'd rather... Are you sure you don't want to go no. through that again? I mean, <laughs> I, I would rather have no publicity than bad publicity. I mean... I would rather have five reviews on Goodreads than like, you know, 2,000 reviews, you know, just uh, leaving personal attacks. And um, you think about changing your author name now. So you're, you, yeah. the cool thing about uh, author names is we can reinvent ourselves 4,000 times, right? That's the neat part. Nobody needs to know who you are. Do you ever think about doing that? I thought about it, but at the same time, by doing that, am I caving into the Twitter mob? I mean, am I just giving up? And or would I just, you know, I I recognized my mistake and I want to move on and you know and I want to be given a second chance? Or if by changing my name, do I just really give up? And I I don't know. I mean, I I I I struggle with that. Um, do I just stand my ground and I keep my name, or do I just to like fool everybody and, and come up with a new name. I don't know. I mean, what's I don't your advice? Think it's, it's fooling everybody. I mean, the cool thing, I guess, is that 
you know, I you are an incredibly strong person. You you endured quite a thing because I yes. think people don't realize when stuff goes viral, you know, inter- the internet does one thing that's thoroughly amazing, which is allows people to hide behind a screen mm-hmm. and talk about something that they may not be willing to say to your actual face if they encountered you. Right. Right. And, and no less, it was on your debut novel, which is yeah. a more sensitive moment and time for an author um no it's it's absolutely courageous and and amazing but when it comes to pen names like Nora Roberts I I know I dropped her earlier she's famous for a romance but she also has JD Robs I'm too drunk to Robs or Robins Robins I Robins I we're saying that wrong it's okay she may or may not joke on this podcast yes yes uh But she, you know, she even has a pen name because she's writing in different genres or niche markets all the time. Um, So don't ever think, and I want to, I want to give you this agency. um, And every author should know this is don't ever think you're like caving or giving up a thing. You can still write under Natasha. You can still be Valerie Willis. Um, but it's okay to have different pen names for different audiences, different readerships, because that's, you don't want to get negative reviews because they're like, oh, this isn't like her normal work. Those reviews happen and you see them sometimes like, this is not the book I thought, like Jeff Strand talks about his romance. (laughs) Jeff Strand, the horror writer decided to write a quirky romance novel and it, it it was good, but the problem was all of his readers were like, like "What the hell just happened? Like, <laughs> like, what is what is this thing?" Like, I didn't think he could do it. Reviews, <laughs> and it, so he he literally said, "I should have written it under a different name." So I, I don't think it's is. it's not going. I'm hiding. It's going. I'm going to approach this from a different way. You know. But so. h- how do I start with this? I mean, if okay. I mean, I think you guys convinced me I'm going to come up with a pen name and maybe I'm going to write maybe horror with an Arab twist. I don't know. Like horror oh, that's with fucking brilliant. Absolutely. I don't think that's out there, Absolutely. so go for it. Yes. Because I, I you know... Um, when you're no, famous, I, please credit drinking the I will. <laughs> a drunken moment together. A drunken moment. is <laughs> Yeah, that's when the great ideas come, right? Yes. But, um, so... Where do I start? What do I do? I mean, where do I begin? And write to your heart's content. And when it's edited and polished, there's kdp.amazon.com. There's Instagram. Oh, hold on. You're going too far. So I'm let's start with this. Let's start, start with, with the pen name. <laughs> what I suggest on pen names, and this is true even with people that have their names, is I like there's a couple authors, we've even had them on this podcast, that have um, quite uh, complicated names. So I heavily recommend not having a hugely complicated name that people can't spell or find you because I'll tell you when they hear about a book and you go, yeah, this person's name is blah, 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 blah. Like they're never going to find you because searching for you is not a thing. So you, you want to think about your pen name and stuff like that as a, uh, marketing tool. So find a pen name and then Google it and see if the website's available, if the Twitter handle's available, if the Instagram handle's available, if the Facebook handle's available, because you don't want to take on a name that somebody else already has because you're competing with yeah. them from a social media standpoint. Establish the name. 
get the website, even if it's free and do a WordPress or a Wix, Wix. or whatever, yeah. put the word, put the Instagram, put the Facebook, put the Twitter start a newsletter. Um, absolutely start a newsletter. Newsletters are like yeah. the gold of authors. And then I heavily recommend just start turning out work and post all the posts you can, all the images you can, everything for free that you can do about the author and put it up on KDP and put it up not as KDP read only. You can or you can't do your own research, but also put it up on Nook, put it up on Kobo, put it up on all these places and start saying, this is how you find my work and start just adding more and more. And then when you get three or five books, start doing promotion around it because, and learn how to do promotion because there is exact tips and tricks for doing promotion out there. But a lot of it has to do with newsletters, feeding the newsletters, but get covers. And when you get a cover, remember that you're advertising. So go look at what the covers look like in whatever the genre is you're doing and have the cover mimic that. Learn Adobe. Adobe is not that hard to learn. Learn Adobe, learn how to do your own covers and put them up there. But um, even then when you're doing research on covers, don't look at books by HarperCollins and the big ones. They have a marketing firm that is shoving loads of money behind that to make sure it's seen first. You're going to look at other self-publishers because whatever they're doing with those covers, those covers are making people click and buy. And there's an exact cover um, look. I want to call it a look. There might be a better word, but I've had a lot of beer. Look <laughs> that goes with... Um, promoting a book. So like if it's a paranormal romance or a romance that's not a clean romance, guess what? Somewhere on that damn cover, you better have a shirtless guy. <laughs> like I hate to say, I don't yeah. care. I, I, I'm out there. You can blast me all you want on Twitter. Knock yourselves out. Yeah. There's but, even a, 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 a YouTube series, the writing gals, and they talk about this. Like if it's clean romance, he has to be dressed. If it's steamy or verging into erotica or erotica, he's got to be naked. He's got, the shirt's got to go. And that's, <laughs> it's those subtle things about the cover that you don't normally think about as an author, but when you're a self-publisher, now you're the whole business. You're the whole, you're a one man band almost. Uh, unless you hire out or freelance out or. And that's where it costs services. you money, but you don't have to have that. The thing is you want to have an edit, an edited book that's well done that grabs people and have a great cover on the front of it. That you look at the thumbnail and you go that I want to buy. Like if you literally search horror books or um, serial killer books or whatever you happen to write, look at what the covers look like. There's an exact look to those covers. Color schemes, even when you go to Google research. So I, I do a cover design workshop and one of the slide sections is what genre do you guys think these books are? And it's a screenshot of a Google search. And they're like, oh, well, that's romance. Well, why do you think it's romance? Well, it's got the scripty font. It's got the guy with the laid open shirt. It's obviously Regency, Regency romance. And, and it's got this pale color going on. They all look identical for a reason. It's that whole because it's reading. marketing. It's, it's marketing. not. And one thing as an author, you can't get tied up in the, oh, but I want my book cover to be this artistic statement of whatever the stupid fucking crap you came up with. Jeff Strand and the the zombie eye color. 
Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. It looks yeah. awesome. He just needed a zombie bear. Put a damn zombie bear on the cover. It doesn't matter what eye color the zombie bear has. Because I'll tell you, think about it. As in a reader, you never go look, you're never reading the book and then go back and go, that guy doesn't look like the lead character. You never do that. That never fucking happens. <laughs> but you want them to see the book and grab it. So, you know, if you want to, and I'm, I'm saying this not only to you, but to anybody who's listening, if you want to be a writer and that's what you want to be, it's a job. That's how it works. I would love you to be one of these people that writes their first debut novel. It's the next great American novel. Eat, pray, love. Everybody buys it and it's on the Oprah thing and doesn't get trashed by the Oprah thing because you said something you shouldn't. But that's probably not the easiest way to do it. But kind of like working actors, and I'm going to make this analogy. If you look at, for instance, there are actors that Steve Buscemi is a great example. Now he's in the show Boardwalk, but she, Steve Buscemi was a working actor. He was in a ton of movies, if you look, as bit parts and little things, but he was getting paid to be an actor. That was his job. He was going in and he did multiple movies, multiple TV shows to get paid. He wasn't making $8 billion. He wasn't an A-list actor. He was getting paid to go do the work. When you're an author, Yes, is it great to be J.K. Rawlings? It's fucking amazing to be J.K. Rawlings. But how about be writing, be selling books, and be paying your bills so that's what you're doing full-time. Yeah. And that's a working author, which means you have to keep doing it. You have to have pre-orders. You have to be putting books out. You have to just understand that, guess what? Your fans don't want a fucking novel a year or a novel every two years or a novel every three years. George R. R. Martin, fucking pay attention to what I'm saying. She's what they want is they want you to keep gobbling and eating your work. And every time they click that they want to buy the next one in the series, it gives you money. And that's how it works. So at the end of that book, they better have another book to hit order, Jeez. even if it's a pre-order. So how long? How long? How long? You, you, how long? You you feel better? You feel better? That was I don't know. a lot, Erica. Can you breathe? Is know. there air left? I, there might be. I'm going to drink. But how long is that book, and how long does it take to finish? You know, it does. It depends. Like we we have people that we know that publish ten thousand word stories, and we have people that publish ninety thousand, a hundred thousand word stories. As long as they can hit buy, because then when the next book shows up on their Kindle or their Nook or their whatever the hell they're reading through, I'm, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. She yeah. writes it. I, I write a ridiculous amount for as busy as of a person that I am. Because even Jonathan Mayberry kind of looked at me like I was crazy as comparison. But I've written, um, according to my spreadsheet, 128,000 words this year. Oh, wow. And I'm writing a lot of short story novella series because that's under my pen name, which is Erotica. And those are those are consumed at a lower word count. That's why I chose that, uh, because it would give me enough of a break between the bigger novels to kind of release just to write, not really be invested emotionally in my story and characters, but write something fun for both me and the readers. And I've published how many? A lot. I don't know. I've There's been like drinking seven, way too much. Seven this year so far. Yeah, maybe. You published seven books? Self-published yeah. books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, four 10,000 words, three 25,000 words. I'm working on the four 25,000 word one while writing an 80,000 word novel off and on between those. 
But don't crazy. shake your head crazy. at it because that's what she's doing. We're not all no, that person. No, do not, do not. I'm my brain. I can't sleep at night unless I have at least written at least a chapter of a thing. It's just my habit now. And but you have to find your habit, and if it's a job, you have to treat it like a job. I think that a lot of people don't realize like what you were doing by getting up at six o'clock in the morning. And that was on the previous podcast, but getting up at six o'clock in the morning while pregnant writing for an hour, you have to make time to write. And even if you have to sit down and some days you're going to do great. And some days you might put three words on the page, but if you don't sit down, make the time and go, I'm going to treat this like a job. This is my part-time job and I'm writing or on weekends or whatever works best for you. You have to do that. And I think that a lot of authors don't realize that, you know, yes, it would be great if you sat down and we know some authors who can sit down and write 5,000 words in a stint and they're just like back to back to back to back. But you have to do something and you have to make the time to do something. And I will tell you 1000% of the time life will get in the way you've encountered this, like this pandemic we talked about on the previous podcast, everyone's been hit. Everyone's, everyone's been hit by this pandemic. Hit. Everything, it's, every dream they thought about working from home would make it easier or just being at home all the time would make it easier as a writer. They're finding it is quite wrong because you're not being stimulated. A lot of writers, all of, I think all writers are inspired by real life a lot. Yeah. Even if we're writing crazy sci-fi surreal fiction there's something we've encountered in that outside our homes that have inspired that and when we're cut off it's a dead end and it's so hard to keep going at that point it's true but you have to make the time you have to treat this as something if you want to be successful because you know what it's kind of like I met actors and I did acting when I was younger and um, that was a while ago. But um, <laughs> I say, I want footage of this. Uh, there is footage on some places. I'm not going to lie. There are places to find my acting. Um, so, you know, our fans on the show can go research that and post it on Twitter. That would be fine. But I think that one thing that people don't realize is not everybody's going to make that great Twilight movie and then be world famous. You have to, you, it's a job. You have to keep working at it. You yeah. have to keep auditioning. You have to keep writing. You have to keep painting. You have to keep sculpting. You have to keep it whatever it is. One of them to get big. But, yeah. but do you have day jobs in addition to all? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh no. We're both day jobs. Um, yes. So for plus hours a week, I lead a team. I'm a lead typesetter. And then I go home, I take care of the family. And once I get everyone in bed, I always say I have three children. And everyone's like, oh, what's their ages? And I'm like, well, we got 6, 10, and 38. Uh, <laughs> once all the children are in bed, I sit down and I'm like, all right, from whatever time I start till midnight or one, I'm going to focus on writing and anything authored that I need to do. I might set a timer for 30 minutes and just focus on revamping social media or setting up scheduled posts so it looks like I'm active all week, but I'm really not. I'm just taking 30 minutes to schedule this out. It's all about those time management savers. And then I'm going to be like, all right, well, which story is due first or which story do I want to release next? Okay, I need to make sure I write X amount of words. So... I have this time frame. How many words per night do I need to hit? I'm not allowed to give up until I hit that word count. 
if I hit, if I'm really rocking it, I might go over that word count. That's awesome. Now I'm ahead. Now I'm buying myself a day off is basically how I see it. So it, there's a lot of over, fantasy like in Val's head making award systems. I'm also famous for like, I really want to write that one story, but I'm not allowed to until I finish XYZ and ABC first. And you have to treat it that way. I feel like, you know, it's not that you can't be creative. You have to actually approach it like you would any other organized activity in your life. Like you run, for instance, and we're going to run out of time here in moments, but you run, for instance, well, you have to make the time to run because even if you get really good, I did a lot of 5Ks for a long time and I got down to 12 minute miles, which is not great. I know people are listening going, what? Did she actually show up for the race? But I got down to 12 minutes. It's faster than me. (laughs) Yeah. And that was from 20 minute miles. Let me just say that took some time, but The fact is you have to keep doing it like running. You have to go out there and keep running and keep running and keep running to lower your time. And it doesn't happen instantly. Like you don't run your first 5K and you're like, that was a 20-minute mile. And the next one is a six-minute mile. That never fucking happens. That's not a thing. So anything you do when it comes to the creative arts, you have to just keep doing it. But you have to get past all your own mental bullshit to go – Nope, this is my job. I want to be a writer. I'm going to write. I'm going to do the social media. I'm going to do the research I need to do, and I'm going to sit down and do that. Same analogy of running. Everyone has that top time that they'll never pass because of how they write, how their methodology is. We're all different. So, like I said, I'm crazy pants. I'm writing, you know, I'm hitting over 128,000 words for the year. But that's because I'm tenacious. It's always been a stress reliever. Even in high school, I I went through some really bad stuff. And my checkout was go home, hide in my closet, and write fantasy stories or read fantasy books. It was one or the other. And you'll just keep getting better. Just keep, yeah. Yeah. So that is our... There, we pontificated through your... Um, <laughs> Hold on, who's rapid fire questions? That was terrible. That was terrible. We took over the no, entire no, okay. podcast. I, I have one question for you. So do you think it's feasible to live off, like, working on, like, the great American novel while, like, writing three or four other self-published novels and then make a living off that? Absolutely. I believe it. You have to believe it, and you have to be willing to do all the stuff. And kind of to your point, you have to be willing to research. You have to find the experts. You have to listen. You have to learn how to do it. Like, knowledge is power. Just like if you wanted to become a welder. I've never welded a single thing in my life. But you'll, I, you'll watch YouTube videos I will all day watch long. some fucking YouTube videos. <laughs> I will listen to some podcasts. I will go find the people that know how to do it. And I will learn how to do it. There are tricks to the trade. Do not fall into spending $8 billion to achieve your goal. It's never worth it. Figure out how everyone else does it. Build up that fan base and make it happen. Because people will follow if they love what they're reading. And you just have and to if keep... if it's quality, they will stay with you. They will support you. Um, I have found erotica and romance readers being more responsive than other readerships I've encountered. So even cherry picking what that side gig is can give you that feel you need to continue that great American novel. So yeah. like I have a newsletter and I had a medical diagnosis that rattled me like, hey, guys, like 
my timeline is going to be set back by a year until I figure this out. And the wave of newsletters, it's okay. I know someone. Here's some, you know, just the encouragement that they're going to stick by me despite knowing that is amazing. They get involved. You'll get your fans involved. And you can, of course, Natasha, feel free to reach out to us. Anybody can at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com. We would love to help anybody that we can. But on this particular note, we have to wrap up our podcast because we're going past our 30 minutes. Natasha, how do people find you? Yes. So I'm on Twitter, uh, Natasha Tynes. I'm on Instagram, Natasha.Tynes. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook author, Natasha Tynes. Um, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. She's also. very easy to find. Her book is absolutely amazing. And we are so lucky that you were on our show. Yes, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for being here. It was wonderful having you. Thank you for having me. I actually learned a great deal from you guys. And I... I'm going to follow your advice and uh, maybe I'll make it. <laughs> keep us up to date. Absolutely keep us share. up to date. And when you come up with your horror novels, come back on come our show. We would yes. love to have you here. All right. And maybe I'll invite you over and I'll make me Jordanian food. I'm a pretty good cook. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're on board with the free food. food. Never pass up free food. Yes. <laughs> it has been wonderful having with you. I'm your host, Erica Lance. And I've been Valerie Willis. And this has been Drinking with Authors. <laughs>